Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates texted to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church, please text the phrase, My Journey to 94000. As we get ready for today's message, take a minute and share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this video on social media could be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Good morning, church. Y'all doing okay? Everybody doing all right? Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's kind of weak. What's going on, man? I get a, I get a few in here. So we are starting a series called Christmas. Like, what is Christmas? Because I think sometimes we wonder, hey, well, when is it Christmas season? There's a lot of questions that come up. Watching that little sermon bumper right there makes me think back to some of the uh, the Christmases that I grew up experiencing. I don't know about you guys. If maybe this time of the year is. Uh, nostalgic for you maybe it's tough for you maybe you've lost a loved one it can be a really tough season but christmas can be an incredible time you know it's one of those things that we we go it can be the most wonderful time of the year right i mean it could be the most wonderful time of the year we hear that and we we go what does that mean it, but it can be that 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 incredible time of the year if you're joining us online maybe you're you know you're wondering hey is it really that wonderful you know is it really that that incredible i think back to going back in my dad's my dad had an old 1972 Ford F-100, it was a blue and long wheelbase, had mud grips on the back, three on the tree, 302, I love that old truck, and uh, we would go up into the woods, we'd go up into the, you know, the woods and just find a tree, you didn't go to a Christmas tree farm back then, maybe y'all, maybe y'all did, but we didn't, and uh, so we would go find a tree, and we would go ride around, we'd find one out in the woods, it would be an old evergreen or cedar or whatever, we'd cut it down, we'd bring it back to the house, and and we would put way too much tinsel on it, did y'all do that, I mean, it was like this little silvery stuff, you'd put it on there, you just about cover the tree up, you know. It was just part of what you did. And then also what we would do is we would uh, find holly trees and we would cut the limbs off. And my mom, would she would make a, a wreath or something to hang on the door or kind of spread some holly and berries and stuff like that around. And, and so we would, we would do certain things like that. And, uh, and so a lot of times when I think about Christmas, I think back to those days. And, and I don't know about you what kind of Christmas memories you have, but... Maybe sometimes it's good to look back and think on, hey, you know, what were some of the things that we did in Christmas? Or what were some of the special moments in Christmas? What were some of the things that I experienced or that were passed on to me? And, and so Christmas can be the most wonderful time of the year if the focus is right. kind of goes back to what we've covered in, with Paul in Philippians. If the focus is right, man, Christmas can be an incredible time of the year. There are some people, and maybe you guys, you know, have the bah humbug mentality. Maybe you're the old Scrooge or whatever, but you have this mentality that you think... You know, that Christmas is, uh, you know, is overblown or whatever. But here's the thing. Maybe your focus is on the wrong thing. Maybe it is on commercialism. Maybe it is on commercial Christmas. But I don't understand how anybody can be a believer and not be a little bit excited about what Christmas is really about. You know, I mean, because if you, if you can get your mind around it, you know, you go, you know what, this is, this is a wonderful time of the year. It's an exciting time of the year. So Christmas can be that most wonderful time of the year. Here, here's the other thing we, we look at is, is we can also... We can teach, well, sometimes we teach traditions over truth. Like I think back to going and cutting a tree down, and I think back to going and getting holly. But the thing is, is oftentimes 
the real meaning of Christmas was kind of overshadowed by traditions. And maybe for you, you know, maybe you were raised in a house where it was more about the food and it was more about the traditions than it was about the truth. Over, you know, and so what we have a tendency to do, mom and dad, and I would just say this to you, you know, we just had Teddy and his family, you know, uh, dedicating their child. But here's the thing is, we need to be careful that we're teaching our children God's truth, not just traditions. And there are some traditions that are great traditions, right? Yeah, you know, there's some great traditions that are out there. I can remember a, a, a missionary family one time telling a story about how the mom had made this decision they were going to bake a cake, you know, and celebrate Jesus' birthday. And so they, they baked this cake, and she said they put it out there, and the kids were all excited about it. They kind of planned it, and they made this very special cake to celebrate the birthday of Jesus, and they put it out there, and she's like, I lit the candle, and I'm thinking, all right. And uh, one of my kids said, who's going to blow it out, Mom? And about that time... A gust of wind comes through the window, boom, blows it out. She's like, thank you, Lord, you know. But uh, the thing is, is that was a cool tradition. It was hey, helping the kids to understand, you know, what, what really Christmas is about. And so we, there, there are many questions that often kind of come up when we talk about Christmas. You know, there's, there's questions that come up. And maybe for some of you guys, you, you ask, you know, why do we do this or why do we do that? And so we're not going to be able to unpack all the questions throughout this series. But I think we can di- dive into some of them and kind of maybe give some understanding or maybe share some some insight or maybe where things come from. But we're not going to focus, to be honest with you, on just answering trivia questions. Because really Christmas has a focus, and and that's what we want to work to. But there's often things that, you know, come up, like I mentioned it earlier. When does Christmas, when does it start? And when does it end? I mean, for some of you guys, you thought it started, what, Halloween. You know, you you put your uh, decorations up in Halloween or whatever, and they're out, right? And, and we understand that, you know, the, the stores need to make as much money as possible. That's what they're trying to do. And, hey, if there's a market, they're going to – it's called supply and demand, right? So they're going to put things out so that they can hopefully get people to buy them or purchase them. And then, you know, with the hoarding mentality, people are probably, hey, we need to buy these Christmas lights before everybody else buys them all, like the toilet paper, so let's go ahead and get them. And so maybe, you, maybe you're the hoarder of the Christmas lights. I don't know. But so the question is, hey, when does it start? When does it end? What is Christmas season? What, what is it really? Does it start, you know, with, I mean, what are the dates? What are the times? And so those are some of the questions. Here's another one. You know, why, why all the lights? You know, why all the lights? I mean, I mean, obviously people, you know, have a tough time paying their electric bill, but boy, they're putting some lights out. You know what I'm saying? And, and so why all the lights? So those are some questions that come up. You know, why, why do we have all these lights? I mean, we have lights. I mean, doesn't the stage look awesome? Our team did an incredible job of decorating the stage and kind of getting, yeah, give them a hand, man. They, they worked hard on that. They did a really good job. They put some time and effort in that. So another one might be, why Christmas trees? I mean, why why Christmas trees? You know, what is that about? I mean, I just told you about us loading up in the old truck, the old Ford, and driving into the woods and, and getting a, a Christmas tree to bring back. So why is it just a tradition? Is there something in that? Is there a message in that? Another one, you know, why candy canes? Why candy canes and gifts? Why why candy canes and gifts? Why, you know, what, what's... What's the whole situation there? How is a, a candy cane? And some of you guys are going, Mike, I've, I've, I've got it, I've got it. I've seen this little thing on, you know, what all the candy cane represents or what all this represents. And then here's another one that I think is important. What does Christmas really mean? Maybe that question pops into your mind, or maybe it has today, and you're asking, what is Christmas? What is Christmas? And I love this answer. The true meaning of Christmas is love. If you've missed this through the years, and you've been trying to figure out what Christmas is about, and maybe you thought it was about trees, and you thought it was about lights, and you thought it was about gifts, and you thought it was about this or that, 
Man, I hope that today you can walk out of here and go, you know what, Christmas is about love. God, God's love. You know, John three sixteen and 17, I love this passage. And most of you guys maybe have this one memorized, but for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17 says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, to, but to save the world through him. And so when we look back at that, we go, you know what, God does love us. John 3.16 is a famous verse. You know, we often see it as an evangelistic verse. You know, there's, like, we remember Tim Tebow putting it on his eye, eye black or his eye shadow stuff under his eyes, you know, during the football game or on his, the, the little tape. And so everybody was like, hey, what's that verse? And they start looking it up. And what he was trying to do is he was trying to share the hope of the world. He was trying to share God's love in the best way he knew how. Back in the day, you would see people holding up signs behind the, the goalpost. Whenever they would kick a field goal, there would be John 3.16 somewhere in there. Of course, they've done everything they can to outlaw that stuff. But the thing is, is that verse offers hope to us. It offers truth to us. And it lets us know, you know what, God loves us. And, and so the question, why did God do this? Why did God do this? It's because he loves us. You know, I, I know sometimes we, we see God as this maybe this mean God who's looking to get us. He's always wanting to scold us. He's always wanting to correct us and rebuke us. You know, and it, it's like he's got his thumb on us. That is not the God that I, I see when I look into the Scriptures. And maybe, maybe that's what you see. You see this God who, you know, is always out to get you. He's not. He loves you. And I don't know if you guys could get your mind around this, but if you have a child to imagine giving up your child's life so that other people might live, that's hard to get your mind around, but that's how much God loves you and wants a relationship with you. We look back at John three sixteen, and we see that God loved the world so much. In other words, that's everybody. No matter what, you know, political party they are, no matter what, you know, the background they may come from, no matter what kind of socioeconomic background they come from, God loves them. He wants a relationship with them. He desires to know them. He wants to bless them. He wants to do incredible things in their life. And so when we look at that, we see that, you know, God says, hey, I love you. And then when we look back at this, we go, why would God do it? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Look at what it says in Romans. When we were utterly helpless, and here's the thing for us to get our mind around, we were utterly helpless. And you think about being helpless. You know, I think about a baby, you think about Jesus being born, born in a manger, but here's the thing, he was utterly helpless. So God wanted to start at the very bottom of the, of the barrel, if you would, hey, where would it be to where it is so dependent upon someone and being utterly helpless? And so God literally models it as Jesus and comes down and becomes a baby. You know, that, that baby can't take care of himself. If we leave that baby alone, it, it, it will literally die. And so we were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. And so, and so when we look at that, we go, you know, God, you're, you're so amazing. Your love is unbelievable. Now, most people would, would, not be, would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And, and so whenever we look back at that, we realize, you know what, God does love us. I can read in Romans, God loves me. And there may be some of you that you don't feel loved. And maybe you don't even feel worthy of love. You don't, you don't feel like anybody loves you. You don't feel like anybody cares about you. I'm just telling you, and if you're watching out there, I'm just telling you, God loves you. If you're here in the room, hear me on this. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. If you're here and you're feeling beat down, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you so much he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And he, he wants you to be in a right relationship with him. And so because of God's incredible love, that's why we celebrate Christmas. That, that's what Christmas is about is God loved us. He, he loved us so much. And so 
the, way, the reason that God loves us is because He is love. God is love. I mean, can you get your mind about when you? Th- now we think about feelings like love. We think about emotions, but God is love. He's truth, right? We talked about, hey, do we pass on traditions or do we pass on truth? I would hope that we would say, you know what? I want to pass on truth. I want to pass on God's love. And so the thing is, is what we we can give to our children, we can give to our families, is to love them the way that God loves them. And man, the only way you can do that is the supernatural power of God working in us. It is allowing Jesus to come into your life. It is allowing God to change your heart. As I prayed earlier, you know, I, I said, God, give, you know, let there be a new heart. Let there be a new name. Let there be a, a, a new day. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, right? And so my prayer is always, we were praying upstairs earlier. We're praying if there's somebody here that needs to hear God about God's love, that they would, they would receive that love. They would receive it by faith. And they would put, place their faith in Christ. First John tells us this. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. So here's the thing. We're supposed to love each other, right? Too often what we do is we get aggravated with each other. We get frustrated with each other. We don't agree with each other. You think differently than I do, so all of a sudden we don't like you anymore. And at times we even hate people. And to hate someone... Is, is to go against what God tells, says to do and what God's Word teaches us to do. But it says to love. It says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. So let's continue loving one another. And so love is, you know, is an action. It's not just a feeling. It's not like hey, I've got this bubbly feeling of these emotions or this tingly feeling. But love is an action. Love is a decision. And so we choose to love people. And even whenever they hurt us at times, we have to say, God, I love them and I'm going to pray for them. You may have to distance yourself from some people who hurt you too often. And you can love them from afar, but you can still love them enough to pray for them. You can love them enough to intercede. You can love them enough to even at times serve them, even though they may hurt you with their words or their actions, or they don't show any appreciation. It doesn't give us a right to just say, you know what, I'm going to hate them. But it says to continue to love one another, for love comes from God. That's the only place that it, that it comes from. It dang sure doesn't come from, from Satan, right? Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So if we're, if we're able to love someone, it's because we have received God and the presence of God is placed within us. The very power of God is placed within us. The love of God is placed within us. And so we're able to love people, not because of what, you know, we're just a good guy or a good gal. It's because we have God living in us, the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit living within us. That's the only way that we can really love people. Otherwise, man, what we do is we, we, we hate people. And at times we even commit murder by hating them. You know, we, we, we hate them to the point, and God says that if you hate someone, it's murder. But love is, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And when we look at that passage there, we see very clearly that, man, if I don't love people, then I don't really know God. But God is love, and He lives within me. He dwells within me. And so the question might be, well, you know, why was why was Christmas even necessary? What what was it about? We needed a Savior, right? And so why why would the world why would we need Christmas? I mean, they had plenty of festivals already, right? There was all kinds of activities and festivals, and it didn't matter if you were Christian, it didn't matter if you were you know following the the teaching of the Bible. Every religious affiliation, anything. There was always some reason to have a party, always some reason to have a, a festival or something. And it's no different now. I mean, people are always looking for something. All you have to do is look at the calendar, and it's the National Day of whatever. You know, National Day of go to the bathroom. I don't know, man. It's like everything has its own day, right? 
And, and so everybody's looking for something to, hey, let's celebrate it, and I'm going to get that in my name or whatever. But the thing is, is there were plenty of things to celebrate. And so why was Christmas necessary? Because we needed a Savior. See, we were, we were broken. We were, we were needy. We were in need of a Savior. Without Jesus going to the cross, there's no hope for us. One of the things I love about Christmas is, is you know, we get to see people begin to experience joy. You get, you get joy. We talked about it, you know, in the last series, choosing joy. Believers are, are, are told, commanded by Paul, hey, choose joy. Choose joy. I mean, focus on Christ. Focus on the kingdom. You know, let it be, let it, let it be clear to everyone that, man, that you know Jesus by your joy. Let your joy be evident. Rejoice. I say it again. Let us rejoice, right? Over and over he said it. So hopefully, prayerfully, even in this Christmas season, somebody's going to see something different about you. And instead of you being bah humbug, they're going to see that you're excited about Christmas because you're celebrating something that matters. So there's joy. Then there's hope. There's so many people that don't have any hope. I mean, there's no hope for 2021. There's no hope of the year to come. You know, with, with this pandemic that we're battling, and, you know, this keeps going up and down. The numbers go everywhere. And, and, and people are afraid. And there's some of you that you go, you know what, there's just no hope. I'm telling you, there is hope. And his name is Jesus. There is hope. He is the Savior. He gives us hope for another day. And no matter what is coming against us, we can walk in that confidence. We can walk in that hope. Look at this passage here. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. I mean, that's pretty clear, right? God, God sent his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. There's no other way to have hope and to have peace and to have joy. It's not by accumulating stuff because the people that have all the stuff in the world have no peace. They're always worried somebody's going to buy it. I mean, steal it, right? Or they have to, you know, go out and get a security set up and hey, they have to build bigger fences and build bigger barns and better security systems and more cameras because I got to make sure that nobody gets my stuff. There's no peace there. But peace is whenever we can say, you know what? Like Paul said, I'm content in all circumstances. Whether I'm in change for the gospel or it doesn't matter, you know what? I'm content with whatever God has given me. What if we had that mentality like Paul did where we're content? Then the world would look and say, man, there's something different about it. Look at the next verse here. Says this is real love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And so here's the thing: it's not that we loved God; it's not that we were doing the right thing; it's that we said, you know what, God, you loved me first. God, you loved me first, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So hear that today: God loves you. And maybe today you're frustrated. Maybe Christmas is not going the way that you want it to go. Laurie and I were talking this past week with just her mom and dad who were older. And, and she was asking me. We were out walking. And we were talking about, you know, how to handle that. And, and man, we just want to be safe. We want to be wise. You know, you want to make good decisions. Uh, and we want to be able to get together. We feel like they need to be with the family and we need to be with them. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you want to do it. But here's the thing is you have to do what is wise right now. I mean, it's just one of those things. You know, faith is a big part of this. We've got to have faith that God is going to watch us, but he also gives us common sense. And he gives us good, you know, good, good decisions, and we can make good decisions. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I need your help. And looking back, we go, God, I realize that you love me. You have a plan for me. You wanted a relationship with me. And so, God, how can I live in such a way that that will bring glory to your name? How can I share with my family? And maybe you have to do it virtually. Maybe you have to have a virtual Christmas this year. And I know that may stink for some of you guys, but... You know what? It's just a, it's just a year like no other. But here's the thing. 
we still got to find ways. How do we share hope? How do we share uh, God's, God's good news? How do we share the message of the gospel in tough times like this? And so the question would be for us as well, how do we do that? How do we share the gospel? And so here's another one. Christmas is the celebration of this incredible act of love. The next week we have what we call Celebrate the Miracles. And I hope you guys are planning on being here and being a part of it. It's also whenever we take up our big give offering. We talked about that last week at the end of the uh, Philippians uh, series as Paul was thanking their, them for their gift. And so what we do is we take up our big give offering. That supports the missions and ministries of the church where we literally we support missions and ministries all over the globe. And it's so we want to see the gospel go forward. We want to share this message of love with the world. And so we see... Next Sunday, it's, it, we call it our Celebrate the Miracles, and it's our once a year. It's where we do a business meeting. How many, how many churches have a business meeting? It's called a Celebrate the Miracles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's our once a year business meeting. It's when we take up our missions offering. It's a celebration. And then we also have people going through the waters of baptism. Teddy is going public with his faith through the waters of baptism. We've got other people who are going public and saying, man, I want everybody to know that Christ lives in me. And we're celebrating souls being saved, and we're celebrating people res- responding to God's message of love. And, and, and they're say, we're saying, hey, listen, we want to see lives uh, change, and we want to celebrate that. And so look at what it says here in Luke. I love this celebration that takes place. And it's not too early for this. This is the good news. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Think about that. So he's telling these stinky old shepherds, hey, guys, don't be afraid. I'm giving you good news. I got great news. And, and literally, think about this. I mean, heaven has opened up, and, and literally there's this proclamation of this great news. But God has chose to tell these shepherds. And so what I'm telling you is it was a celebration in heaven, and therefore it ought to be a celebration in our lives. Jesus said over and over, even when he prayed, said, Father, let, let your will be done as it is in heaven, right? So if there's a celebration in heaven of the birth of Christ, there ought to be a celebration here in the church and everywhere else where we say, hey, well, listen, God, we want your will to be done. We want it to be done the way it is in heaven. And so the, the angels, I mean, they're, they're rejoicing, and, and the shepherds are in awe. They're they're afraid. They're afraid. They're you know they're scared. But they say, hey, listen, don't be afraid. We got good news, and so we have this good news that we ought to be telling, and we ought to be celebrating like nobody else. So I'm just telling you, next Sunday we're celebrating. Man, we're going to celebrate through song, through the message, through everything that we do, through the giving of gifts. We're going to celebrate. Last year we took in seventy one thousand dollars that went to invest in ministries. That, let me tell you, this, that didn't get to do what they've always been able to do. We did an interview this past week with one of the ministries. That, uh, you know, they couldn't do what they've always done, so they had to kind of figure out ways to do it. So over this past year, they've been able to feed 150 families a month, literally because of the gifts that we send them and other churches that send them, that they weren't doing that before. So there's people that may never darken the doors of a church, that they were coming there for food in some of these countries where, hey, you know, that there's, COVID has affected them in the same way. So they're coming to the church for food. They're hearing the gospel. And you know what? And now... These churches are able to impact them in ways that maybe they never would have before. So I know we look at, you know, 2020 has been a little bit different, but you know, it could be that some things needed to change. And God is working on that. And so it's good news. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. 
And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. What are they doing? They're praising God. Men are praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to, to, with, to those with whom God is pleased. And what we're saying there, man, they're celebrating. The, the angels are rejoicing. Man, praise God. So I hope that whenever we gather for Christmas, that we're not overwhelmed. I, I even get tired of that word sometimes, overwhelmed. I think sometimes we need to say, you know what, God? The only thing I'm overwhelmed by or taken back by is you. Not by what this world throws at me, not by the stuff and responsibilities that I have. But, God, the only thing that wows me is you. That's it. I'm not going to let anything else take that place. You are the only one that overwhelms me or blows me away. Everything else is under you. And so, God, today I'm making a decision. I want to be able to focus on you. And I want to be able to focus on your gift to me. And, God, no matter who's coming to my house, no matter how many meals i got to cook, no matter what I have to do, God, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to stress. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to complain. I am going to praise you for the gift that, is, that you have sent for this Christmas season. And I want to be a witness to those around me of what that's about. And look at this next one here. Jesus is the Savior who delivers us from sin and death. Man, I hope you hear that. Jesus is the Savior who delivers us. From sin and death. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the only way that we can be in right standing with God. And so when we think about Christmas and we get to this time of the year, I'm just telling you, man, sometimes we, we get focused on traditions. We get focused on Christmas trees and lights and other things. And those things maybe have some meaning to them. We'll unpack some of that. But the focus of Christmas really needs to be about Christ, right? It really needs to be about Christ. Look at what it says here in Matthew. Matthew says, and, and this, this is Joseph who, you know, is, is troubled by this fact that his fiance, you know, is pregnant with a child. And so he's, he's struggling, but he has a dream. And in this dream, he says, as he considers this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And look here. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Man, he's going to save his people from their sins. Jesus is the one that saves us from sin, from death, from the grave. He sets us free. And so whenever we gather in this time, this is an important time for us to be able to celebrate who Christ is. It's incredible. Listen, it was prophesied. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The real Christmas story is this. The real Christmas story is the story of God becoming a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I know for some of us that's hard to get our mind around. But God said, you know what? I'm going to go to them. And so he literally wrapped himself in flesh. And he came and God himself dwelt among us to literally go to the cross for you and for me. To pay for our sins, to pay for our, our debt that we owed. And so as we gather in this time, man, Christmas can be the most wonderful time of the year. And we realize how much God loves us. We realize, you know, there is hope. We realize there is joy. And we realize these incredible things that are taking place around us. And, and, and maybe, you, you know, you get focused on the, the commercialism of Christmas. Don't lose that. You know, don't, don't get focused on that and get lost in that. And so, you know what, bring it back center. Bring it back to Jesus. That's what Paul said over and over. Fix your thoughts on these things. Fix your thoughts on these good things. So here's some next steps maybe for you today. Is receive God's greatest gift of love. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe, you know, you've missed what Christmas is about all these years. 
Maybe you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe you've never been saved. I'm just telling you, the greatest thing you can do is receive God's gift of salvation. Receive God's gift of love. Receive God's gift of forgiveness. Maybe you're watching online. You've never put your faith in Christ. Let today be the day of salvation for you. Maybe, maybe for you, that's the step you need to take. Say, God, thank you for loving me. And maybe for the first time you go, you know what, God? I'm just being honest. I don't feel loved. I don't feel like I'm lovable. I feel like I'm too messed up. I feel like I'm too broken. I feel like I've got too many issues. God says, hey, I created you. I love you. I can heal you. I can mend you. I can change you. I can use you. And so it comes back to, God, I want to receive your gift. And I give you my life. I give you my future. I give you everything. And that he gives us eternal life. And he gives us a purpose. He gives us a plan. And he gives us a focus. So receive God's gift of love. And here's the next one. Allow Christmas to take on a new meaning as we focus on on Jesus Christ and God's love. Maybe for you this year. Maybe you're a mom, maybe you're a dad, maybe you're a grandmother, grandfather. Maybe say, you know what, this year, instead of the, the focus being on the traditions, I want our focus to be on Jesus. Instead of maybe being on the gifts or maybe on the tree or maybe on the food, we make an intentional effort to make the focus about Jesus Christ and God's love. Maybe you sit down with your family and you read through Luke chapter 2. You tell about the angels and the shepherds. We bring it back full center. Then here's another one. Celebrate God's gift by giving towards the big gift. We're never more like God than when we're giving, right? Maybe, maybe God has put it on your heart. And I pray that He's already spoke to you about what He wants you to give towards the, the big gift. Whatever that missions offering is going to be is up to God and you. And so what we want to do is we just want you to be praying about that. God, what do you want me to give? And then give obediently and give graciously and give generously. And here's the thing. Give with a good heart. Let it be joyful. Too often I think we, we get... You know, focused on it, we start thinking about what we could get with that rather than what we can give and invest in that may change someone's life forever. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes and and just ask God, God, you know, where where is my focus for Christmas? Maybe you're one of those who you hate Christmas. Ask God to show you why. Why do you, why do you hate Christmas? Maybe you've never received God's great gift, His greatest gift, His Son, Jesus. You've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. Maybe today you need to just say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you help me to quit living the way that I've been living? I want to live for you. That's repentance. He says yes. And so wherever you are right now, maybe... That's your prayer. You say, Jesus, I want to receive the gift of eternal life. I want to receive you. And so by faith, wherever you are, whether you're at home, you're in this room, that's the only way we receive it is by faith. And when we receive the gift of eternal life, here's the thing. We're given a new name. We're given a new heart, a new direction, a new purpose. So maybe for you, you say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my Lord. And I want to go public and let everyone know that Christ lives in me. If you've never followed Christ in believers' baptism, next Sunday we're baptizing. 
We'd love for you to be a part of that. You need to let us know today so we can get you on the list. So we got quite a few people that are going to go through the waters of baptism. We would love to celebrate that with you. But just ask God, God, what do you want me to do today? What needs to change in my life? If you're watching online, you can text us, man. We want to follow up with you. There's next steps you need to take. If you've made a decision, we want to put a Bible in your hand. If, you, if you've made a decision, we want to talk to you about baptism, going public with that. We want to get you connected in a life group. We want to help you with those next steps. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for the greatest gift this world has ever seen, Lord Father, the gift of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we as believers, that we as followers, Lord Father, would live our life in such a way that we become a witness of that. Lord Father, a billboard of that, an ambassador for Christ. And I pray that we would focus on what Christmas is really about. We, we, would, we would maybe move away from some of the stuff that this world offers to what matters, God, to what you offer, your son Jesus. God, and let us, let us enjoy traditions that point towards Christ. But God, help us to not miss the joy of this Christmas season. And so, Father, we pray that you've been honored today. Uh, I pray that we have worshipped you in truth and spirit. And God, as we prepare for a celebration next week, prepare our hearts and our minds and let it be a celebration. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for such an incredible message, Pastor Mike. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it's the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you'll text the phrase, my decision, to the number 94,000, we would love to help you as you began this journey with Christ. Now we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to trust God completely in this area of your life. And we do that through our giving. Now we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church Giving page. There you can return God's tithe and your offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have several videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue to make an increasing impact for the gospel. And so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience.